This week on Three Questions by Corey Kareem. Believe in yourself. 100% believe in yourself. You got it inside you. You have it inside you. Every human being have this inside. And if you don't, find the resources. Look for it. Listen to podcasts. Read books. Reach for help. Uh, there is help out there. There is help. Don't feel ashamed. Don't be scared. Um, you're not alone. You're not alone. guys welcome back to another episode of three questions by Corey kareem the show where we sit down with some amazing people doing some amazing things and that's right you guessed it we ask them three questions not about their successes though but rather about their failures and more specifically about the lessons that they learn from those individual experiences so my guests for today include two good friends of mine uh, two queens Camilla and selma Welcome to the show, my ladies. Happy to have you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. We're super, super excited about this for sure. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So Jamila, uh, why don't you go first and, and tell the audience, um, share a brief synopsis of who you are and, and what you do. Oh, hi. <laughs> first of all, I'm nervous. And yeah, thank you so much for having us. Really a pleasure. Um, my name is Jamila. Well, should we go into background a little bit, or did you want to know generally? Just generally what you do and, and what you're about. I am a single mother of three. I'm going to start with that. Um, I do a little bit of blogging on the side, work a regular job, nine to five, and actually have been working from home. So that has been a big challenge right now in my life. And I do a little bit of blogging on Instagram. And uh, yeah, just living in Toronto, trying to navigate life, trying to always look for opportunities and uh, better in myself in that sense. And Selma, yourself? Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for having us, Corey. Um, my name is Selma. Um, I'm East African, half Sudanese, half Egyptian. And uh, I'm a single mom myself. I have an 18 years old daughter. Um, immigrated to Canada a long time ago. I work a regular job, nine to five. I work in construction. And uh, yeah, I haven't been working from home because it's like construction. We still have to be there on sites and stuff. But, but uh, yeah, I do some modeling on the site too. And um, yeah, and doing, posting some influencing things uh, within the community as well. So as my audience knows, I typically like to typically ask three questions, hence the name of the show. And more often than not, it's actually more like five or six. And today is definitely going to be one of those type of episodes. Um, but I, I want to have you guys on the show because the story of how you guys both came to this country and your and your journey, um, I felt like people really needed to, to, to hear that story because ultimately... This platform, this podcast, this show is about helping people find ways to deal and conquer failure. And I feel that once they hear your story, because it's such a rich experience that um, they'll be able to relate to it and definitely find value in it as well. So with that being said, I think it would be really great if we start with journey as in brought you guys to this country. And by this country, I'm, I'm talking about Canada for the people listening around the globe so if we can get into the to the why 
the reason. And if you guys can unpack that story for us. Uh, so if, if one of you guys want to start first, go ahead. All right. That's, um, that's great. <laughs> so myself, actually, I never planned to come to Canada before. It happened that I got, when I was 19, I was in an arranged marriage. And um, coincidentally, my um, ex-husband at that time, he was uh, planning to, to move to Canada. And that's uh, when we decided, like, to have a wedding back home uh, from Sudan. I didn't grow up in Sudan. I actually grew up in the Middle East. So I grew up in Saudi Arabia. Uh, Sudan, it was like going as visitation, Sudan and Egypt, but um, I lived in, in an Arab country in the Middle East and um, coming, came to Canada 2004. Uh, and the story began from here. <laughs> that was the beginning of the journey with uh, a lot of, um, challenging and the stuff that's the, the culture shock and uh, you expect something you see it on tv and mm. uh, you hear it and you come here and uh, you get hit by reality um and you have to do it in a young age and trying to like manage all of that um it was for sure there was like a lot of challenge so this is how i came here and i went to i went to school i studied here i was um i wanted to pursue like fashion and i went to fashion school um, as well, and uh, was working within that, trying to start my line, and, and uh, but life happened, and then I ended up being a single mom. Uh, then everything shifted from there. <laughs> so that's that's briefly how it is. That's briefly how it is. It's uh, there's a lot of in it, but uh, yeah, that's that's what it is. Awesome. So yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that culture shock statement just literally took me back there years mm. back ago. Um, so I actually been here, not gonna say for how long, but <laughs> so many years. I came here when I was 17. So initially I had come down to Canada as an option for a perfect place to study because I had the option of either going to England and or Australia. England was super expensive because of the pound. And then Australia, there's a lot of people from Oman. That's where I'm originally from. I'm from Oman. It's a small country. A lot of people would question what that is. That is south of uh, south of uh, Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia, Dubai, and north of Yemen. So that is where I'm from, Sultanate of Oman. I came down here 17 years uh, of age through an agent that had found me a perfect school for me, and that school was located all the way in Barrie. So I came here in the coldest month of the year, all the way to Barrie, <laughs> minus 40, and snow is... I don't know, eight feet tall. <laughs> so that was the biggest culture shock with me was more like the weather and then the other things as well. But um, yeah, I met my daughter's, my first daughter's dad uh, two years after that. And I got pregnant and uh, basically I shifted from being a student to, hey, now it's time to stay here. Um, the reason why I decided to stay or I basically had no choice to, but to stay here is because where I'm from, um, basically women that are not allowed to marry non-Amanis. And if that would happen, I would have to get a permission from the government. If not, then you'll be in trouble. Women under 30. And that time I was under 30. So basically uh, it was for me to stay here. So basically decided to stay here, learn to navigate wow. through life as a single mother, away from family and away from everything. It's uh, It's been quite a journey that I'm still learning from, still wow. learning, yeah. So you both just shared a lot there regarding your journey. So um, let's unpack that a little. So 
as immigrants, as women immigrated, who immigrated to Canada, both having Middle Eastern and African background, what what would you say was your was your biggest challenge? Biggest challenge? Biggest challenge was to adjust, to fit in for me. Um, you know, even like I speak the language and and um, like um, maybe I had like an idea of what I'm coming to. But again, I was really young. I didn't expect my life to turn like that. I thought like I will be having the perfect family, the husband, the kids and living this, you know, build my family in North America. But things change. And then now I have to be a student, be a mom and have a full time job and look after my daughter. And th- that was that was the biggest challenge for me do all of that alone although that I had a family here but it's still um there was there was also like I have to be independent there was just a point for myself that I wanted to prove that I chose here I chose to stay everyone was telling me okay come back go back to Sudan we will look after you but that wasn't that wasn't the life that I was looking for and that wasn't like the role model that I want to be set for my daughter as well that I can be doing that so definitely the challenge was to fit in and to under absorb everything while you're under pressure uh with the life and same time you want to be part of this culture part of this country to be accepted not to be looked at as an immigrant so that was always something in my head i'm like i want to be a canadian i don't want to be just another ethnic girl who's everyone is like looking at her and like you know and um, in a way like okay where are you from and uh, what's your accent is from that was the that was the thing that always was like Chinese like what's your accent from and <laughs> you know where that, are you <laughs> you know what I actually get that and I can definitely see that happening a lot and admittingly probably be one of those guys asking you that but do those type of questions bother you at all? For me, it's just exhausting. Like, here yeah. we go again. <laughs> yeah. Especially when I tell them where I'm from, they're like, where is that? Always that question follows. And that's why I kind of clarified where Oman is mm-hmm. because I know a thousand questions will come behind after that. It's, it's a, you know, it's just exhausting, really, more than anything else. It's just like, can we just, can mm-hmm. I just be without mm-hmm. being labeled something or you know, you have to understand where I'm from. So that way, you know, where to categorize me, just exactly. take me as I that. am and yeah. just here's a human being in front of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. exhausting. That, that, that's for sure. So it's yeah. it's just like, okay, you're asking me to, are you really because you're curious to know where's my background or because you want to put me now in a category, especially when yeah. it comes to job interviews and like, you know, trying to be fit in in, in a place that, okay, I want to prove myself as Selma, as an, as an individual who's working hard. It's not yeah. because of my background or my accent. It's like, oh, you color, you're not really black, you're not white, you're not, who are you? <laughs> where are you from? Who and like, you? who are you? Yeah. And yeah, so that's definitely, I think, one of the biggest challenge. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Jamila? Is it more or less the same or would you say it's different for you? Oh, for the challenges? Um, the challenges is a little bit different, I would say. I mean, again, the fact that I came here at a very young age and then, well, that was, I knew I was here temporarily. But once I got pregnant with my daughter and I knew that I had to stay here, it was everything. And I'm literally getting a little bit emotional. So I'm trying to try and going to try to hold it together. Um, some things that I just didn't even visit back, you know, um, but uh, basically from everything from housing to food, to transportation, to understanding how this 
places. I mean, to be as a young age in a country where you don't know anybody um, and with a young child is very challenging. So it was everything. Like I started from literally living in a shelter. It was a single mother in a shelter with my baby, not knowing where or how or anything were to go from this point onwards. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was, it was really difficult. Started from there, from there, you know, a little bit. I, I used what I did. It was a challenge, but at the same time, what I did is that this city has a huge amount of resources with anything that you want to get or uh, any kind of goal that you you you're, you're looking after or for. There is resources when it comes to community centers, I don't know, provincial kind of level, federal kind of level. There's always those programs for single mothers, or it doesn't even have to be a single mother. A little bit of, you know, support from here and there. Like I was even on welfare at that time. So there was programs that I could use. There was, um, if there's a little bit of funding for little courses, I I took advantage of those. So I kind of navigated literally from scratch. I had nothing and I had nobody. So I had to be on my own with my daughter. And uh, yeah. So when we first spoke offline, uh, one of the things I found interesting is that you guys have, your story is very parallel, even though you guys didn't know each other before coming to this country. So for example, uh, you both have a East African and Middle Eastern background. Uh, you guys both came to this country and became mothers in this country that while still being relatively new and being a, a foreigner in this country. So how did you guys even meet? Um, was that like divine intervention? How did that even happen? Well, the universe played a really um, fair and beautiful uh, thing to us, for sure. Um, I actually met Jamila uh, through my cousin uh, that time. And uh, I remember he told me, let's go to Niagara Falls. I have a friend of mine who's a single mom, too. And he knew at that time that I didn't really have much friends. Mm-hmm. I was just focusing in, in, in doing my thing and just like working, trying to survive and surviving. I was just in a survivor mode that time. Yeah. Uh, my daughter was really young. I was trying to figure out my stuff as well. And I remember he pushed me. He was like begging me, let's go, let's go, let's go. I go to the car. I see this beautiful lady and like with her daughter and we clicked. We forgot about my cousin. Like he got, he left us at the end. And that was it. That was what, what, 2014, 13? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we just found that, oh my God, like I found my soul sister who we have so much in common that it's unreal. Yeah. It was like, and like, we were just talking about it not long ago. And I'm like, you know, the energy that we have, me and you, that's always been pure. And it's always been, uh, it's been just blessings. Yeah, for sure. So you guys uh, both came to this country. And again, this country is Canada for those uh, folks listening across the globe and like, what country are they talking about? Um, so with the both of you having very similar backgrounds, coming from a very similar culture and both being Muslim, what advice would you give to other women from your culture who end up becoming single mothers? And I ask because as an insider, uh, you sometimes hear things like, you know, about Sharia law and, and other things, and some of them are true, some of them are false. Um, so what advice would you give to that person and educate us on that? 
Loaded. <laughs> loaded, exactly. <laughs> loaded. That's a load. <laughs> just, just that, huh? It's a big bomb. I'm getting hot. <laughs> For sure, it's a loaded question. It's uh it's I think it's a difference from from uh, me and Jamila, the thing is, we never uh, took it as, as as Muslims, more as as the culture. We have been restricted by the culture more than the Islamic thing. Um, as a Muslim, it was always something in the back of your mind that, okay, you know, the faith that God is watching after you. And this is how I look at it. Because um, I'm, I'm spiritual myself and I look at it like that. I don't look at, at, at the religion as the religion. I look at it as, as what's what's covering around it. And it's um, it's okay. Like God is looking after you. God is watching that. So when you do something, do it right. And, um, and also, I don't know. It's just uh, end up being, just be smart about your decisions. Just simply just be smart about your decisions and keep it in the low as well when yeah. you do your things. Um, it's hard to be part of the community. And I feel like this is that, sure. that that was our problem. Yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. Yeah. I mean, with me at the beginning, it was, I mean, the amount of shame. Mm -hmm. That's what I want to get to. Like, because I, that's what my assumption would tell me, but I didn't want to assume here, but I was just like, Pretty, did you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was the first trip that I went back home I, again I was here so there was no judgment around me but even though I am being here like thousands of miles away from back home mm -hmm. the voices of the judgment and people talking behind my back and you know especially about my 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 parents because we have in in our culture like our parents we hold them at a, such a pedestal mm -hmm. that you know you don't want to bring shame or any kind of um yeah shame that's that's the word, that's the word uh, you know yeah. to the to our parents or people talk badly about you or, or the family so i felt such a burden and i felt the shame from like thousands of miles away and it took me a couple of years to fly back my mom, my mom convinced me and I was like, you know what, a leap of faith, let me just do it. Let me just go. And then when I went, and this is the advice I would give to other um, Muslim or people from similar cultures, you know, that have that kind of uh, guilt or shame feeling is that, believe it or not, the acceptance is, is just beautiful. I mean, the reaction that I got when I got back home, it was a huge relief. So sometimes it's it's, it's just fear, it's just in your, head. in your head. And, you know, even though you were taught certain things, but when it comes to things like being a parent and having children, you know what, we all are human and, and just the humanity and people just kind of make them accept it. And even though you feel like you may be the only person who is going through this, you've never seen it before and you could never relate to anybody, know that it's going to be okay mm -hmm. so it's just like you know what it's unnecessary stress it's it's easier said than done but <laughs> you know what it's unnecessary stress and a burden that i carried on my shoulders and then when i went back home it was just love acceptance and at least from the from what i've seen from people and from mm -hmm. what i have received from people and up to this day a lot of my aunts and, and grandmother on the on constant basis come back home come back home but yeah there's uh yeah definitely there's it's a it definitely changed my perspective of how things are and especially coming from a teenage as you know as a child and then growing into an adult and learning things yeah. that way it was just like it's it's life changer now as i mentioned at the at the top of this podcast this platform is really about teaching people 
how to overcome failure. And one of the things you hit on is the playing of a story or a narrative in our head. And in this case, the story you had in your head was, I want to go back home because I don't want to be shamed. I don't want to be ridiculed for having a child and I'm not married and, you know, no one's going to accept me. And then when you actually went back home, everyone actually embraced you and said, you know, we got you, girl. And the thing is, we all do that, play that type of story. So whether it be with our career, our relationship, family, whatever. And, and the thing is, when you got there and went through it, you're like, man, I probably could have done this like six months ago or a year ago or whatever. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. struggling by myself. Yeah. <laughs> How can I stay the first year and just be at my mom's house? <laughs> yeah, yeah but I remember, remember what fear stands for, right? right? False evidence appearing real. 100%. 100%. So, uh, one thing about this as well, like for yeah. me, had I, I still have people till now, it's not accepting that I'm, I'm here. Um, uh, African Muslims are another story as well. They're very like, like a strict one. And, and this, the idea of like, okay, if you are divorced, if you don't have a man, you have to be back home right now to be in your father's house till you find the other man that will come and, and, and save you from this life. And just, yeah. And just be like, you know, like codependent pendant again and all of those things and that's that was the whole idea of like trying to break through from this and just accept that okay this is a reality not everyone is going to love what you're doing yeah. not everyone is going to accept your lifestyle yeah. but uh put it out there like this is even when i start like putting my things contents in in social media i was scared because i'm getting the comments i'm getting like the back comments it's like what are you doing why are you why are you wearing sleeveless why you're like you know why are you talking like this why your hair is not covered like all those kind of stuff like it comes and the people there is people who will try to shame you it's just it's really important to like just believe in yourself it's like you know what this right. is just deal right. with it right so you're saying accept me as i am right so did it take you a long time to get to that point it took me to like um my mid-30s for me to understand like my 20s it was it was a nightmare it was a nightmare between me and myself and me and the world out there because every time i go back home yes there is the love yes there is a beautiful family and like you know caring and stuff but you see the whisper you hear the whisper you see the eyes you see the judgment and as soon as you're sitting with the aunties the first thing that comes was like so are you getting married again? <laughs> you know, when wow. it's going to happen and accept, oh, I'm bringing you someone like now. He's, he's going to come. He, he's willing to marry you. He has three wives. It's okay. You know, what are you looking for more in life? You had your chance. I had this before. Someone told me, it's like, you had your chance before. You're divorced. What does that, that, that mean? You had your chance. Unpack you had your chance to choose. Mm. Although that I didn't choose. Okay. This is something that you know, but you had your like a second, yeah, yeah, like like a second hand, exactly. So you had you had your chance, and and now let us choose for you. And when I put it reality for them, and I'm like, actually, the first one I didn't even choose, you chose for me. They're like, but you know what? You were young that time. You didn't know what's good for you. So they always gonna be something that they gonna say to control because it's a it's a controlling culture. It's reality is it's always there. They wanna find a way to. control you control women and uh, shame you with what you have and uh, and now i hear them saying oh you're doing an amazing job look at your daughter she's doing amazing and stuff i'm like i know 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know I did it by myself. So yeah, yeah. so that's that's very um that's really something hard that I we had to like face it and always in my back. It's like, okay, am I a failure? Do I really have to listen to them? Do yeah. I have to go back there? Do I really need a saver, someone to save me from this life, mm-hmm. uh, from what I'm going through every day? And right. yeah. Um, I, I actually just want to stay here for a little bit long because that was really good. So what was the moment like for you? What was that moment like for you, Selma, when you said enough is enough? You're either going to love me or hate me. What was that moment like? And was going through your mind and i'm asking because there's probably someone experiencing this right now and they're feeling that level of shame or guilt and they're like how do i deal with this how do i get through this moment so walk me through what was going through your mind and and how you're able to deal with that um actually i made this decision in 2010 2011 uh i decided to take a break from the living over here, the stress, the dolls, and like being a single mom and stuff, and, and went back home. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I went there, the first month was beautiful. Everyone is welcoming you, food here, invitations there, going to weddings and stuff. But the nagging started. And I'm not talking about my parents. My parents are amazing. Mm-hmm. Talk about the extended family. Like it's a big family. I have like over 12 uncles and aunts from uh-huh. one side, and I have 10 from the other side. And it's like, tons of cousins so uh people start like putting this idea in my head so if they saw me driving at night by myself they call my dad it's like okay she's like where she's going where she's coming from so now i feel like i'm being monitored over Mm -hmm. here and Mm -hmm. everyone is trying to get involved in how i'm raising my daughter it's like okay it's not islamic enough or that's too liberal or you need to say that and you need to say this and and although that I went and I started working, I connected with my old friends, I connected with the roots, but I found that I don't belong. I'm out of place. And for six months, I stayed over there in Sudan. Six months, I'm trying to find where I belong, mm-hmm. what group that I belong to, what people that are like, you know, that accepting me. And funny enough, I felt not accepted there more than here. Yeah. Although that... Um, I'm a foreigner. I'm here. I'm not. I'm, I'm an immigrant. And uh, yes, there's other challenges, but there I'm really out of place. And it's a very different feeling. It's more painful if you when you are in your yeah. motherland, your country you with your blood that. and you don't feel like you belong. And that was the breaking point for me. I remember I went to Dubai that time and um, trying to find something. I called my parents from there and I'm like, I'm changing my ticket. I'm going back to Toronto. That's what I am. <laughs> I'm changing my ticket and going back to Toronto. They're like, you don't have any. I sold everything. I didn't have nothing. I didn't have no place, no car, no. I didn't even know what I'm doing. And uh, but I know what I'm going for. And that was the decision for me. And I'm like, that's it. That's home. This is what I want to raise my daughter. Whatever challenges that's gonna face me, I'm gonna accept it because this is where I belong. Um, I will come visit my family and everything, but but that's it for me. That was the breaking point, and since then, that's it. Wow, I I, <laughs> I I can really like I envisioned that, and because I feel like a lot of people ha- have that moment. It might not be for that same experience, but mm-hmm. maybe it's for like a job opportunity that requires them to move halfway across the world, and they might not have much, and they might be thinking, "How am I going to do it?" And you just had the faith you just had 
the bravado, whatever you want to call it, say, I'm going to sell everything I have. I'm just going to go back to Canada. I'm just going to figure it out. And I think um, I'm actually, I'm going to give you guys uh, a little secret here. So I'm actually in the midst of writing my first article. And it's about failure. It's basically 10 key ways to, 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 to conquer failure. And actually one of them is listening to your gut and your intuition. Um, Cause I feel like a lot of people, including myself, uh, we ignore our gut and our intuition. And I think part half of the reason I think is we don't, we don't know how to decipher between what's just kind of like an immature emotional feeling, you know, versus something that you're actually supposed to do. So when I sat down and I spoke to uh, this guy, he's a co-host of the Maryland Dennis in the morning show on Chum FM, Jamar McNeil, you know, we figured it out. And it's like, whenever you, uh, you wake up and it's like the first thing on your mind, or when you go to sleep, you're dreaming about it, or you're going throughout the day and you're daydreaming about it and you see signs about it and it's nagging and pulling at you in your gut, whatever (laughs) that thing is, that's what you have to do. And so, um, I applaud you for going off of, you know, that, that gut feeling when you said, Hey mom, um, one way ticket back to Canada. That's it. Um, because a lot of people, I feel like they have that moment, Yep. But they ignore it because of fear, back to what you were saying, Jamila, yeah. that fear keeps them trapped there. So I mean, it's definitely, we, we, are, we are intuitive beings. And that one of the challenges uh, that we have is, is that we, uh, you know, why are we not like in tune with it? Because we were never taught to mm-hmm. live in such a way. If you look at other animals, intuition, the first thing, the squirrel is not going to sit there and be like, is the car going to hit me? No, he's out. Okay, <laughs> and this That's is so us nice. as human being. Just like you feel something, go. Don't shy away from it. Yeah. Actually, go towards it. Go towards that feeling, because that's exactly what it is. And you know the, the way things Selma did with that. I have been practicing with that as well in my life, mm-hmm. and life has propelled me so much faster forward mm-hmm. in a very tiny amount of time because I decided to practice listening to my intuition mm-hmm. and that has a lot of answers and again we were not taught to listen to that and trust in that mm-hmm. and more follow logically but really it's it, intuition has it's like i'll say maybe half of it of even more uh that's crazy that's powerful i'm actually really touched by this so moving on to to question number two let's talk about dating Gee, uh, what um, if, if I, I was <laughs> the water for this. <laughs> Take your water, sip of water. Um, so what are some of the dating challenges you guys face as you know Muslim women, specifically now being, you know, uh, single mothers and being uh Muslim women? Like are there any challenges with that? Um, maybe we can start there. Do you kind of I know we just talked about you know shaming and, and ridicule from the culture, but in the in respects to dating, what are some of the challenges you guys face uh, based on your situation and circumstance? Don't look at me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. Oh no! Go ahead. I'm still catching my breath. <laughs> I think um, there's of course a lot of a lot of challenges that you know that as women as colored women, let's start with this, as colored women, as single moms, and again, coming from this culture. Uh, I will break it down to um, first, like we decided to date out of our culture. 
And I think that was the biggest challenge for us. And the reason for that, it's um, mainly, maybe it's just we were looking for something else more to find this, this connection. And we don't want to like build the connection because of uh, a relationship. Right. Because- oh, hold on one second. When you say outside the culture, does that mean like the Muslim culture? Or does that mean from like where you're from, Sudanese? Like what, what does that mean? Both. Both. Like it's not, it's not Muslim, Muslim culture. culture. Yeah. yeah. It's more of, of both. Like choosing a person because they are who they are. It's mm-hmm. not looking. I don't remember mm-hmm. I ever asked the question is like, are you Muslim mm-hmm. or where are you from? Mm-hmm. I, I I connect with them. We get this connection. After that, things will like reveal itself. After, mm-hmm. so that was that was the thing. That was the first thing. And with that, of course, it comes a lot of challenges. Being like being a single mom as well, and like I know I wanna. I still I have. I don't want to take the culture completely out of my daughter and yeah. the value of the religion and stuff. So I Even want within someone the within the home. Yeah. So still eat, celebrating Ramadan, yeah. all those kind of things. We still have to do it. Yeah, we go out, we party, we do all of those things. But still, like there is mm-hmm. a solid, uh, like a line that we don't like cross it. It's just because it's a choice. It's not because it's force. Mm-hmm. And um, having someone to come and accept you as a package. Mm-hmm. Because again, we're coming from a culture that train us to be codependent, and we need to change that on us and 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 be like completely like you know depending on ourselves and that and like you know. But I want in your back of your head, I want a man that you know still be there for me and still understand and accept and respect. It's very important because I always say it's easy to know the culture, but it's hard to be cultured. You know, to like be really know that. Okay, this is where you, you're East African, you're Sudanese. That's mean I will respect where you're coming from and uh, respect that and there is an accepted. And um, so, my, my previous relationship, for example, I had to hide this for five years from my family almost five years. Oh, wow. Why is that? Five years um, because <clears throat> he, wasn't, he wasn't Muslim. Mm-hmm. Um, he, was, um, uh, he was like completely different culture from mine um we chose to have uh, a family a living situation mm-hmm. that wasn't going to be accepted within my culture at all yeah, well, you um, live with your boyfriend that was like a no-no like i had to hide and, the shoes every time family comes and like you know all wanna, kind of things. i, I want to make clear this is you as a grown woman correct me as a really right. grown woman so this is ago. like five years ago this is like <laughs> right. very recent yeah. so um, um by that point um i'm a manager in my uh uh in, in my work and i'm like i have i have a house i have my own car i have i have a credit card i'm like building <laughs> like i'm a citizen i have like you know i have friend circle i'm, I'm like independent but mm-hmm. i'm still i have to like when I when he's home and and I'm talking to my family, even when he cuffs, he, like I'm like, keep it down, you know. It's like I don't want people to know you can cuff. It's because like I don't want my cousins and other people. There was of course my small circle, like Jamila and stuff. They knew about it, but like I had to hide this, and it became as much as he was like understanding in the beginning. It became too much. It became too much because, and I I I said that over and over again. 
I'm a package and I know and I understand and I'm like I accept you as a person as a package but I'm a package myself too so you have to now you have to but it will be nice to understand it and go with it and like try to know and and be part of that <clears throat> and that was one of the challenges of course like to try to also like to fit in with like uh, the family and 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 try to like you know bring him introduce him to the culture um slowly uh in like occasions when you know that you know it's like he's gonna appear in in, in, a, in a good way that they're gonna accept that too and um so yeah but overall like finding dating dating scene for for women like us uh and i'm saying that right now like as, as a single woman again uh it's um it's very very hard uh so there's two things i want to unpack here so in terms of acceptance do you find it that it's more so your family finding it more difficult to accept him or your partner or do you find it that it's the men that you have decided to date that are from outside the culture that it's more difficult for them and their families to accept you and your culture or is it more like a, a case-by-case situation it's, it's a, in a different degree in a different degree the, for me my parents it was actually very easy my siblings of course but like my parents it was very easy for them to accept him his family was like very easy to accept me as well not in the beginning it was just a little bit like uh uh it was hard like his his direct parents it was fine but like you know the grandma and stuff it was just a little bit hard in the beginning for them to accept me but um it was it was more of of us of of the relationship of the partner himself mm -hmm. is accepting you being part of this life that you know i remember you used to get annoyed that i have to i'm talking to my family for like a long time over the phone and like you know like i'm overseas i have this always like it's not the guilt but it's i have to be talking to my mom every day i have to zoom my mom every day i have to be talking to my dad like every day and it's uh you know sometimes it's uh it, it, it gets like to a point that's okay now maybe this is annoying and you're, you're like you're too loud because like you know as, as we were saying like being an African when I speak my language it's loud it's this is yeah. how it is yeah. so it's like it's too loud so I have to go to the backyard or to be in the room and close the door and just to be mindful not to you know get that and just to understand is like why you're too involved like with the family, like why you're too involved? Why are you guys talking all the time? Why you're too involved? And it's just, it's hard to explain. It's, this is how we got raised. This is, yeah. this is not, uh, this is comfortable. This is my comfort zone. Culture. It's culture. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, it doesn't take away from me. So, yeah. Yeah. So I can actually relate. I, I, I'm Jamaican. So I pretty much grew up in a, a westernized kind of uh, upbringing culture, if you will. So you know, growing up, half the time I would eat dinner on my couch. Um, but when I got in introduced to this culture, it was like, wow, me dinners are like every month or every week. Um, and the way I grew up, that was only done during, you know, certain holidays or family reunions, which would only happen like, you know, once a year, maybe even two years. Um, but don't get me wrong. It's, it's definitely a great practice to have. But if you're not used to it, it can be a little bit off-putting and, and sometimes a little bit more challenging to to get used to. Um, but with that being said, I, I did want to ask you both. Um, I know that you guys are single mothers and 
um, that's already challenging on its own. But I, I do want to ask you if you find it more difficult being single mothers and Muslim specifically from your culture, does that make it even more difficult? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Like, um, for sure. I mean, I, I myself also have become recently mm-hmm. single because I talked about Rayan all the time, but I didn't talk about the, the two others, mm-hmm. um, the young ones. Um, I separated from their dad recently. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, just thinking of going back in the dating mm-hmm. zone is tiring it is like again (laughs) you know it's it definitely is difficult i mean first of all like first of all we when it comes to to the uh, to the religion part islam i mean it it would be nice to kind of date someone who is already just because it makes it cuts through a lot of steps where we have to introduce someone teach someone blah blah it's just by default everything they know it's Eid, it's Eid. If it's Ramadan, it's Ramadan. If it's whatever, yeah. they kind of understand things by default and we do right. things together. And then there's, if you find someone who is Muslim, well, there's also the factor of the culture. Again, most people don't even know where Oman is, is Oman. So it's like to find someone that is from the same country and the same culture, it's like, a, I don't know, yeah. a miracle, you know? So it's, it's impossible to even find that. Um, so... Basically, those two parts are eliminated. They're not even uh, as an option. And then when you go out there and trying to date someone, again, there's that acceptance part. You know, you get with someone mm-hmm. and you may be like on everything, like lifestyle-wise. We may be liking to work out together. We like to go out for walks on Sunday mornings or we like to watch movies and kick it or, you know, whatever. Yeah. You know, those things are kind of check, uh, check the list on what things are you looking in demand financially, all these things. They might check. But again, when it comes to being together and living the day-to-day things and how you carry things, culturally, it might be uh, a challenge. Right. You know? So would you, would, would you guys say that both, um, from listening to you both share your stories, would you say that the acceptance of, uh, of your culture would be the biggest challenge? Or, or may, maybe a better way to say it is, would it be the acceptance from your culture be the biggest challenge if you're dating people? outside the culture would that be the biggest challenge for you or if not what would be the biggest challenge from the culture itself yeah yeah Yeah. well it's uh, both i'll say both Mm. in uh like accepting the partner or someone that you're introducing to your life to accept your culture it's very Mm -hmm. important because like like whatever culture you if you decide to date out of your culture like whatever that culture is, if you're like, if you're Asian, if you're like Indian, if you're mm-hmm. like, you know, black, white, African, all of that, you have to understand that, you know, any culture out of out of here, it's 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 rich by itself, you know? Yeah. And you have a lot of roots. And this is really important. If you wanna date, you don't date me because I'm exotic and I look like exotic person. And it's like, you know, and it's yeah, and it's like because you you know you you're different, you're exotic, you're you know, you you hit all the 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 points here and there, but when it comes to reality, it's like okay, I come with the I come with the culture. Like there was a huge problem between um, me and my ex-partner that uh, he he put me out of uh, like introduced me to, to the Twitter he's, he's famous and whatever he put me to the Twitter to the my culture Twitter and everyone and I'm talking everyone was reposting my picture with me and him and talking about it and he didn't know why I'm so upset I was having panic attacks about this I couldn't even sleep 
And he's like, mm -hmm. why? This is fine. It's like, it's nothing. And I'm like, no, people don't take it this way. People take it as, as a shame. They start like saying mean things. It's like, okay, she's bringing someone who's a non-Muslim and like, you know, non-Sudanese and look at her. She's like, you know, hugging him and stuff like that. And then those pictures will go to my dad and to my uncles and to people like who don't, it will hurt them one way or another, mm -hmm. you know? But yeah, he didn't do anything to harm me. That wasn't the point. It's just like to be mindful about this is this is her culture. I will mm -hmm. respect this and I will protect her even from what she ran away from. Because reality is we did run away from something to fitting in something else. And we didn't like been born here. We came here and we grow mm -hmm. up here after that. So this is, it, it comes from both ways. So just like answering what you're saying. Yeah, it's just it's from both like them accepting your culture and the culture accepting them. It's not a problem for me for the culture to accept him as long as he's accepting my culture. So so talked about the challenges, but what about the solutions? So what kind of advice would you give to another woman from your culture who's Muslim, who's looking to date outside the culture? What would you say to that young lady right now? In Canada, yeah. <laughs> Canada, U.S., wherever. <laughs> yeah, I think it's set okay. expectation. Make it clear. Yeah, mm. make it very clear. Be clear from the beginning. Yeah, it's very important. It's, and also, like you know, when you meet someone at the beginning, there's all that infatuation, all that love mm. phase, all that honeymoon phase. Yeah. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Sit down and be very clear. Literally, okay. be very, very clear. I right. mean. If there's a set of questions that you can't find out there or a checklist that you can find out there, you know, just go through it when it comes to a person like financial, uh, mm -hmm. family expectations, um, anything when it comes to like, if you're from a different culture, your family is somewhere else. Uh, Christmas, what are we going to do about Christmas? What are we going to do about Eids? Mm -hmm. What are we going to do? Like if you, if you practice every Friday, the Friday prayers, yes. this is what I do. So you literally get on the technicalities of everyday life and right. see how that person is going to take it. If right. they are, if it's like no big deal, do you boo? I love you the way you are. Then yeah. great. If right. they're wrong, say, thank God. <laughs> so, right. Right. so basically just be very clear and super practical, not just about, Hey, he's a nice guy. Right. And, and so, don't change yourself for anyone. Absolutely. Don't mm -hmm. try to change and manipulate your inner self. It's yeah. like, okay, I'm gonna maybe change this for you, or maybe I will change this way of 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 behaving to fit in yeah. in your world. Uh, the same effort that you're putting out there, it has to be from both ways. Like right. the same effort that you're putting to fit in his world, because again, yeah. you're introducing a different culture to you. If it's like Jamaican, if it's like white, if it's like, you know, black, it's like, mm -hmm. it's whatever culture that yeah. you're entering that's out of yours. Uh, it's need to be the same effort that you're putting. He is going to be putting that as well yeah. Uh, yeah. toward you to, um, yeah. So it's, it have to be like in a way equal or like to have this understanding. Don't change yourself for. Yeah. I think, um, I think the word that we've used a lot here is the word culture. And one of the things that I have come to understand or one of the things that comes to mind is that culture goes beyond ethnicity, goes beyond nationality. So, you know, you could be from Oman, uh, she could be from Sudan and whether or whether, you know, you're Christian or Muslim, I think people also forget that each family has its own unique culture as well. 
for example, two people, a couple can both identify as Christian, but one grew up Catholic versus one grew up Jehovah Witness. And that's two very different, you know, cultures or expression of the religion Christianity. So I think it's important to to keep that in mind. And if someone is also likewise, if someone's from the same culture, the same country, religion, if that one person is from the extreme of that religion and the other person is is more liberal, there'll also be cultural differences. Um, also, uh, the other thing that, that that came to mind is that both um, when you're both were sharing your experiences about dating men from outside the culture that, you know, that were not Muslim. And you talked about acceptance and acceptance from from your family and their family and other loved ones. Things like that. I have recently learned that love shows up in different ways. So, for for example, Selma, you say that you got to speak to, you have to speak to your mom every day for like at least 30 minutes or however long. And that's normal to you. For, for someone else outside your family culture, that might seem obsessive or weird or just a really long time. Like, why do you need to speak to your mom like every day for 30 minutes? But then you take someone like, you know, myself, for example, um, I only speak to my mom like maybe once a week and she literally lives 10, 15 minutes away from me, but there for her whenever she needs me. But that's also an expression of love. So those are two different ways of love. And I think people have a hard time understanding that there's more than one way to love, uh, which I believe is one of the major challenges that we have with relationships in general, understanding that people love differently. And ultimately, it's your job to show them how you receive love. And it's their job to show you how they receive love as well. But um, based on your experiences thus far, the both of you, would you say to other Muslim women out there to stay away from dating outside the culture? Or would you say, do you, boo? Honestly, to be realistic, being in, in this country, in Canada or, you know, any other foreign country, your options are freaking tiny. <laughs> I mean, when it comes to the Muslim, if, again, as I said, if you want to narrow down the religion and then narrow down the where you come from, it, options are very, very narrow. So don't settle with someone uh, because they are Muslim. That's the biggest mistake that you could do for, you, for yourself. And this is why we are going outside of our culture and outside of our religion, because, again, the options are very limited. So basically, if there's a good match for you, then that's the match for you. You know, I, I agree. Yeah. I agree. It's, it's very important to choose the person again for for other things than just looking at the culture and the religion. Yeah. Just choose someone who will like as a single mom, as someone from coming like a different different background, make sure that this, like you are with, with someone who will understand you, yeah. who will accept you, and who will work with you as well, like build this together. This is what's important. Don't, don't limit yourself. Um, be open to, to everything is just be clear. That's, that's always what's, and I think uh, what I learned from my failure 
the biggest mistake that I was always doing that I'm the one who's trying to fit in. The same mentality that I came with it from the beginning over here, try to fit in, try to fit in. So change this, change the way you wear, change the way you talk, you know, practice this, practice that and forget about what I really want. Mm -hmm. So when you know what you really want, what's your expectation for yourself? What are you looking for? If you're looking for someone from your culture and your background and Muslim by all means, the universe will bring that to you, yeah. maybe. But if you're just looking for a partner who's going to be there for you and will love you and be by your side in this harsh living, I think if we learned anything from this uh, COVID uh, nightmare that we have been living since 2020 till now, it's uh, you need to find someone who, who, who will like be there by your side, mm -hmm. be nice, be humble, be, you know, be, be like nursery, you not to add more to you. Yeah. And uh, there's, there's a lot of a struggle already. We go with it day to day. And this is what's important. Just, just be, have expectation, uh, like set up your expectation, be very clear with it. Don't try to change yourself. Again, this is my biggest thing for my failure, always trying to fit in change my thing entering their world trying to be part of it and and after that i'm like i'm exhausted and you're not giving me anything in return yeah. when it comes to that but i i wasn't clear right. it's, it's important when it comes to that i couldn't help myself but think that foundation mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you are as a human being whatever you come from no matter whether you it doesn't matter where you come from what mm -hmm. matters is that you have a foundation and mm -hmm. that foundation is who you are so when you try to change yourself or somebody else, you are literally like a building with no foundation. You are right. going to collapse at some point. Mm -hmm. So right. always stick to that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Stay true to who you are, guys. That's the message <laughs> you were taking with that one. Always, always. <laughs> okay. Um, Sitting this hard, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I didn't know if I was politically correct with this one, but in Arab, um, so I, I don't know if you guys would describe yourself that way, but, but let's get into that. So question number three is, what are some of the challenges uh, you guys have faced being black and Arab? Like, do you experience any acceptance issues? Like Selma, I know, for example, I know that one half of your family is Egyptian. The other half is Sudanese. Now, understanding where those two countries sit geographically, I can see, I can understand a bit of where some of the challenges might come from but i would love to hear from you the challenges that you have faced from versus one side versus the other well sudan and egypt are the same so and most of like my mom even like born and, and raised in sudan and stuff but huge yeah, the border. Yeah. It's the yeah. border where's the Nile River. But it's like it's a huge difference between my dad's side and my mom's side. So yeah. what we're talking about, liberal, let's go for a drink, let's party, let's like have tattoos and talk about that. That's my <laughs> mom's side. Which you is, know? Your mom's side is which side? The, the Egyptian, yeah. the, the okay. mix. And my dad's side is different. You have to be aware, although that I have a lot of like like very well educated. I'm talking like 90% of my dad's family, they're either architects are doctors mm -hmm. like very and they they're in uk and in the us and like very like and 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 i'm not talking about my generation as well i'm talking about the older generation there it's more you have to be like careful 
You have to be careful. You have to watch what you're saying. You have to you have to be aware of that. So we've been born and raised like this, and it's just to have this understanding. So when I go and visit my mom's side, I know I don't care. Like I will be whatever talking, light my cigarette, all do do all those stuff. You know, don't smoke ever anyone. But <laughs> uh, talking to like going to my dad's side, that's completely different story. Mm. It's a completely different story. Like we know, you know, like prayer time right now, it's there. Everyone, even if you don't pray, like, you know, you have to line up with everyone because this is how it is. Uh, otherwise, what's your excuse is going to be? Right. So um, with that sense, when I came here, that was also like, you know, being, I don't say I'm an Arab black. I'm more of like an, an African Muslim. This mm. is how I say it. We speak Arabic because of the Muslim. Because like as Islamics, like you speak, you speak Arabic, but like um, as an as an African, African Muslim immigrant single mom, it's like a bomb. So it's like yeah. a, this, it's like a, it's a dangerous combo. <laughs> it's hard to reveal it all. And, um, it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just it's uh, this is the things that sometimes it was it's challenging because I had to like tone down my Africanity, maybe, or I don't know what you call it. Mm -hmm. And when I go to like interview for example and that was my always my biggest challenge finding a job like decent job like you know straighten your hair uh, uh look more uh, westernized you know like you know how's your makeup it's like less african more more white or whatever you want to call it like corporate uh so that was that was always always one of the biggest challenge that that you know uh, been facing when it comes to that and adding to it like of course like the small things because Canada is very tricky we're very polite <laughs> but very polite and you, you get confused sometimes I'm like that was polite but was that racist like you have That's always, and it's like yes, like that. <laughs> give it a nice word, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so it's hard to see. It's like when when I get rejected, was that because because it was a really polite way to reject me? But I can yeah. sense it. It was because you know I wasn't uh, you know, fitting the category of like the way it is, you know, because of my color, because of uh, oh, someone would do the accent. So. Remember the. You had like a client or something. Yeah. You heard the accent. He said something. What do you said, I had a client not long ago. He said, uh, I understand from, I can tell from your accent that you don't understand me. Yeah. <laughs> Although that I was selling him something that I was really good at it. And he did understand me for two hours. But when I said something that he didn't like, now I don't, he doesn't, he doesn't, yeah. I don't understand him because of my accent. So it's those type of things that you have to go back home as like, was that recent? <laughs> <laughs> like you have to sit yeah. again and think about it so yeah that's do it the nice way <laughs> so what about you jamila how do you define yourself i know selma just said she defines herself as african muslim uh, but how do you define yourself and mine is complex and complicated and i'm still trying to understand this up to yeah. this age you know that, that I'm at right now so basically my mother and father they both are Baluch. Baluch is uh, is a tribe uh, per se that comes from a province uh, close to Pakistan so okay. my 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 last name is Balushi it's Balushi because in Arabic there's no cha and because I was born and raised in Oman born in Oman and I had to get a passport my name was spelled 
Belushi instead of Baluchi. So my mom and dad, they were born in Tanzania. And uh, my, my dad has immigrated to Oman when he was 17 for better opportunities. And my mom's family uh, was already in Oman. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people from Belushi have immigrated to either East Africa or Middle East. Mm-hmm. And uh, my dad, when he moved to Oman, met my, he was friends with my mom's uncle. And that's how he met my mom. Mm-hmm. So I am, I would say, Baluch. And then I am African from Tanzania. And I am Omani. So the Omani part or the Arab part was mixed from my mom's side, mm-hmm. which is not 100% clear. I just spoke to my mom the other day trying to clarify whether we're mixed with Arabs or not. Uh, they're trying to kind of understand that. So I might have to take a 23andMe test yeah. definitely to get that, you know, uh, for sure, like clarified. But definitely, I mean, there's that um, mix in me. I looked uh, fair skin. Mm-hmm. My was a little bit less Arab, more African. Mm-hmm. My hair, I had my my hair straight today, which is ironic. We both do actually. What? Wait, 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 what is this? You didn't tell us this video too. I would have watched this quick. But anyway, <laughs> with my hair texture being curly, you know, yeah. um, I was more African, less Arab. So, or even not not even Arab. Let me speak specific more less baluch so with my mom's family the fair skin straight hair beautiful 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 women and that's how they look like the majority of them being in Oman and then my dad's family all of them are in Tanzania and growing up I would spend like every summer three months and also there's a winter break in the Middle East which is one month so four months of the year since I was born up to the age of 17 when I left I would spend it in Tanzania so there's that huge culture and like understanding of where I belong, what, how should I even conduct myself as a, mm-hmm. as a human being? So mm-hmm. back in Oman, I was not only facing racism from, um, my family would hate to hear this, but they were racist uh, treatments that they didn't even pay attention to. But as a child, it did affect me. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, when it comes to my hair texture, um, uh, my my complexion and the way I looked generally and it, it was very messed up in Oman growing up I was um, uh, basically discriminated against in school per se um, the Africans would want to hang out with me or the you know because all the all the dark-skinned people in Oman are from Africa Tanzania or that side of East Africa so they would look at me like she's Baluch so we don't really want to hang out with her. And then with the Baluchi people, it'd be like, oh, she's African. So we do we want to hang out with her? So right. it was a very messed up place to grow up in, to be right. honest. You know, so right. it's like when I went to Tanzania, I felt like I'm free and everybody would accept me. But in Oman, it was it was just a challenging, challenging childhood to grow up um, in. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, coming here, my thing is like, and in, in Canada, as I said, People like to know where you're from. It's like it's very important. The first uh, conversation breaker. So where you're from? <laughs> and in my head, uh, you know, growing up, the thing that kept me going and kept me sane and level head, not to let that affect me to the core, is to always tell myself, I am a human being. That's yeah. who I am. I don't. My color doesn't define me. That my looks don't define me. I'm yeah. a human being. So I came to this country with that kind of mentality. Also, when it comes to navigating through life, getting a job and all of these things in my head, I never put that in, like, you know, in my mind, in my mind, navigating through things like, OK, they, this may be an obstacle for me to get a job. No, 
I'm mm. a human being. I'm going to do the job that it requires for me to get mm. to that job. I am going to get prepared. I'm going to do um, above and beyond of what is required of me to get that job. So there's no excuse, basically, to kind of get me to where I want to get to. Mm. Of course, there are challenges, but still, I mean, the amount of work that I have to put in is above and beyond. And then socially is just... It's a very confusing place to to be. Again, my looks, it's like, am I fair? Am I not fair? Am I am I Canadian? Am I not Canadian? Oh, she's she's Muslim, she's not Muslim. Like it's just too complicated, you know? <laughs> so again, going back to like just thinking of myself, I am a human being. And that's like the the place that you know, it gets me to start from a calm place. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. And, and I think you should I think you should just respond with that when next time someone asks you, like, what are you? I'm, I'm a human being. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Okay. I, want, I, want, <laughs> I let, I let their mouth yeah. drop. Yeah. So what kind of advice would you give to someone who also identifies as African and Arab, who's Muslim, who has a similar family dynamic to the both of you? What would you guys suggest? Um, when it comes to my daughter, I... I Honestly, I, I don't know if addressing things would actually change anything. It's going to be like, I don't know, it's, again, use the word exhausting because you'd be like correcting, you know, mm-hmm. people and their reactions may not be as nice, you know. So you don't even, I don't know, I find it like I don't want to bother unless if it's something that's consistently happens, then yes, address it. Um, like I had an aunt recently, literally. Mm-hmm. Um this is recent, <laughs> grown woman, you know, thousands of miles away from home, but she follows me on Instagram. And during the summer period, she commented telling me, oh my God, why are you dark? Yeah, why are you dark? Wow. Uh, I have my phone so many times, like in an upset, kind of, what should I say, what should I say? But I chose to just ignore it because she's not here directly affecting my life and it doesn't matter as long as I just reassure myself that hey, people have issues and they have the differences and they're going to be judging so it just it is what it is let it be mm-hmm. but when it comes to my daughter I have definitely prepped her you are different your mm-hmm. hair is different your skin color is darker darker than me darker than the most of the family people will say mean things and not just that also I've, I've taught her to love herself her hair my mom never knew how to deal with my hair so it was always like fuzzy i have curly hair my mom has straight hair well she has curly but you know they all straighten their hair and all that stuff so I've, I've i've taught her to love her hair when she was growing up and to a young teen or tween i took her to a curly hair salon and just you know showed her that there's a lot of people that have curly hair and there's specific uh products for it certain ways of taking care of it and to love it and nourish it and just love the skin you're in you know and those are the things i'm kind of teaching her and also telling her about my challenges to growing up i believe helped her so much to be comfortable you know in, in navigating through comments or people like that so really when it comes to like correcting people again if it's if it, unless it's a reoccurring thing like let's say if it's my mother i'd be like mom you gotta stop now this is you know and i have actually taught maybe not about color of skin or whatever but the way i live my life i have to kind of you know, tell my mom, like, mom, you know what? Some things are the way they are. This is where I am. This is where mm-hmm. I happen to be in life. And this is how I do things. Like, it is what it is. But yeah. Mm. No, that's good. And I, I love your your slogan you used, uh, love the skin you're in. I feel like that's like a, a 
campaign slogan that could be <laughs> it is it's 100 percent. it's um, last vacation that i went to visit uh, sudan as well my daughter um which is i was very i didn't even have to say anything but she also made sure because we went for my brother's wedding and uh, the first thing they brought the hairdresser at home it's a big celebration everyone's straightening their hair and and um uh, family members like okay let your daughter it's your daughter's turn and I didn't even say anything she went she's like I like my natural hair mm -hmm. that was the answer and no one said anything that was it that was her answer she's like I like my natural hair I'm gonna wear it the way it is and she looked stunning and everyone was like you know commenting on that and I was that was a moment of like being proud I'm like I'm wow. a proud mom right now <laughs> and it's like I didn't have to say because I was gonna get up and say something but she already spoke up and that was that's the goal um I didn't want her to go through what I went through when I was a child as well mm -hmm. um not saying I never got bullied in my family when it comes to like hair and stuff like that because we all kind of in a way maybe the only thing I was the only one of the few one more fair skin lighter skin so there was a little bit of like mean comments here and there she act like this because she act like she act like skin like literally a lot of a lot of comments like this i had it before it's like she acts she's more free in her head because she's light skin and stuff like, like that reversed reversed yeah mm. because they're darker over there so i was mm -hmm. the lighter skin so i always is like okay she acts like this because she acts like uh, like a like like a light skin mm. uh that's what they and they say it like in a, as is like it's in a bad way but um <clears throat> like overall it was like my, my the pulling was in school in in, in the middle east because like we grew up because of my dad's job we lived in saudi arabia and then Dubai for a short time but mainly like saudi arabia and it's um that was the pulling in the school it was it was really bad it's uh being uh the way we are again there and 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 it's just it's people try to like accept you so i used to get bullied from my teachers from mm. the principal teachers from, yeah. oh, from teachers from like i had i still have a phobia for math because right. of my math teacher like what, would, she, what would she say or he said oh he or she said she used to because um again back there um there's not much of like a human right so we we used to get like beaten in school mm -hmm. like, yeah. was, like you know like straight put your fingers yeah, like there yeah. like with the ruler yeah. and she used to like you know she uh she she she, she used to call me the n-word Mm. like straight yeah. up she's like you know yeah wow yeah, arabic, yeah. in arabic okay. she's like yeah she's like in arabic the arabic in the arabic way she's like you know this because of that and yeah. but that was when i was in, in in middle school when i went to high school i switched i became more of like you know i became more protecting my sister Mm -hmm. from like pulling because she used to get bullied a lot because she had the longer hair more of like softer but because she was darker skin with the nice hair mm -hmm. they used to call her you're wearing a wig this is not your real hair so wow. like they used to pull her hair there and there and whatever like all of that so I used to be like the protector because I didn't want my sister to go through that mm -hmm. and um starting fights in school and all this stuff like you know uh but yeah like uh that was that was very very hard as um like racism in in the middle east is just a, another level oh yeah would yeah. you would you say on that no i'm i'm really curious to know because this i'm trying to envision and i for partly of what you were saying i was envisioning it what it would experience what, what it would feel like um being in there and would you say based on what you've experienced 
and what you've seen on TV that's happening, let's say in the States more so, even here to a certain extent, would you say that racism is on par with what you've seen in the States here? Or would you say it's worse in the Middle East for, for you based on your experience? I will say, I can't say what's worse mm-hmm. because racism is racism for yeah. me. It's bad no matter yeah. where it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but the only thing is, it's not spoken of oh, yeah. in the Middle East. Very normal. It's very normal. And, and, I'm, and it's not just the black. And I'm talking like black, brown, Asian. If you are not from there, your blood, your blood Arab, that's it. That's a straight up. Like they, it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter. Maybe, maybe it would be less if you are really fair skin. Like if you're like, you know, like Lebanese or something like that. Maybe it will not be the same if you're like, like Egyptians from Sudan, from Pakistan, from India, from like Asia, from they, they have a label for everything over yeah. there and they will like know how to say it. And there is recently, I heard recently that there, they just had a law about this that mm-hmm. you can be like you can put like racist comment like that otherwise you can have to like pay a fine mm-hmm. that's the thing you have to pay a fine about it but i remember i have a, a short story i'm not gonna go my, my mom is very light skin my dad is really dark and when we um i remember we we're in saudi arabia uh, my mom was pregnant with my brother and me and my sister were walking in the mall mm-hmm. and a police officer mm-hmm. came to my dad and ask him to give a proof that the woman that's walking with him is his wife. He's mm. like an N like you cannot be walking with the white women like that. Mm. And it's yeah. And I remember my dad used to work for um for the government that time, like with with the Americans actually. And this was in Saudi Arabia. That was in Saudi Arabia. Wow. And he's like he's like six five, uh, like big black guy. That times like you know fit and stuff. And 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 mm-hmm. the police officers stop him, and they have the right to stop you. They they are the religion control. Yeah, Sharia Sharia, they, Sharia, Sharia police. Yeah. It's a different police. Mm-hmm. Um, the the enforcement for Sharia, and they they want to prove that to see that this that's your wife. And when he asked him why, he's like, and, and like you cannot be with white women like that. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, what about those kids? It's like, I don't know. And it's like, still like, give, give us a paper to prove it. And yeah, that's the time. That's the first time I see my dad, like wow. punch a police officer. But <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, it was like, you know, it's like, that was the time. And that's the type of racism that it was, it was wow. normal to see and to face that's why when i when i came here i i was hoping for the idea of i will not face this again mm-hmm. i will not you know that's why i left that side of the world to come over here because here there is law there is human rights you know mm-hmm. and i still and now i'm like and when i start watching like like black life matters and everything that was happening in the us it affected me like everyone like affected them really badly but for me it was really really heavy i used to be like in tears i couldn't sleep and stuff it's like it's painful and it's disappointment yeah that it's oh my god this is everywhere mm-hmm. and we can't just get rid of it it's just a cancer in the society that we cannot just get rid of it mm-hmm. like just like that and uh so yeah wow this is that's a that's a crazy story and and kudos to your dad i just learned something new religion police I, I didn't know that uh i've actually heard that in a, in a lot of arab countries um that you you have to have like cards 
your, 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 I guess it's like your state ID or whatever you'd call it, yes. say yes. your religion on it. So I, I do know like religion yes. is very much a part of your identification, but wow, a state police or, or religion in police. PR, in your PR, mm-hmm. it says um, your religion. It has to say your religion and mm-hmm. uh, your, where are you from mm-hmm. as well? Mm-hmm. So that's something. And yeah, that's another story. Well, and a form of racism in itself. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like they have to see, and and based on that as well, like the salaries that they give you and all of this, it's a change. Wow, based on your yeah. religion and, wow. and your religion and your, where are you from? Wow. Yeah. That that is wow. That is uh, <laughs> that's eye opening. All right, so guys, this has uh, been a beautiful conversation. Uh, so as always, I, I like to ask my guests. If you could offer one piece of advice to that one person failing right now, so whether it be related to dating outside their culture, to uh, career, to immigrating to a new country, to being a single mother, what would that one piece of advice be? Believe in yourself. 100% believe in yourself. You got it inside you. You have it inside you. Every human being have this inside. And if you don't, find the resources. Look for it. Listen to podcasts. Read books. Reach for help. Uh, there is help out there. There is help. Don't feel ashamed. Don't be scared. Um, you're not alone. You're not alone. You're not alone. Uh, we're not. We're not superhuman. We're still struggling. We're talking about this, but we're still struggling every single day. We wake up with this question in your head how's today is going to be and who's going to set this date am i the one who's going to set my day or i'm going to allow the universe or the what's the circumstances around me to 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 set this day for me and this is something one day you will fail two days you will fail but the third day will be better just believe that just have this belief inside you let whatever you know your faith your culture if you're alone you're not fully alone because there is others like you out there who's going through this, maybe even worse, uh, without a support system. Uh, just, just, just believe in, just follow your gut. We said it in the beginning. Just you yeah. know, this that listen to it. Listen, listen to that voice inside you. It may sound really far, but if you focus, you will hear it, and you will hear it very clear. That's very important. So yeah, yeah just have faith, belief. Awesome. Yeah. What about you, Jamila? The thought I had the same thought. Look mm-hmm. inwards. Mm-hmm. Just look inwards. The outside may be cruel, maybe harsh, maybe mm-hmm. all of that, but literally, just look inwards. You know, you know what's inside of you. And if you have, you know, if you encountered some kind of traumatic situation or something that have traumatized you, look inwards and be gentle with yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, treat yourself as nicely as you treat others and uh meditate however way you're doing it whether you're going to pray five times a day or whether you're going to sit down and just be quiet your mind meditate have gratitude and definitely look for the positives in life i mean i had a conversation with a friend of mine that we came down here around the same time and she was telling me about how we are nowadays most of the times we wake up and we're stressing about bills and and life and how we're going to make it and all of that and she was she took me back to 
the first days that we came here in a new country and you wake up and you think opportunities, you know what great things are going to happen today. Today, I'm going to see something. Life was more adventurous in a sense, very positive. So I would say it's like, you know, the first thing when you wake up in the morning, start with that mentality, some positive mentality, optimistic mentality, adventurous, exciting, instead of just, you know, dwelling in, in the problems. Wow. You guys hit on a lot of keynotes here. Um, so what I took from this beautiful conversation or is one of the things that Jamila said, or actually both of you guys, I think, said it at different points throughout this conversation is don't hide who you are. So whether you're in a relationship or going on an interview and if that person doesn't like you for who you are, then maybe it's not the right opportunity for you right now. So don't hide who you are. And, and so be your authentic self. And then Jamila, I really like that love the skin that you're in. I think society right now is going through a phase of acceptance, as in we're all learning how to accept each other's differences, because I believe sometime in the near future, we'll probably all look more alike than we do look different. And also, um, we also had a discussion about culture, realizing that there's cultures within culture cultures within culture. And so there's subcultures. So people have to learn how to accept your culture and you'll have to learn how to accept theirs as well. So there's a lot of teaching that needs to be done on both sides when you're in a relationship or in a friendship. In fact, it actually reminds me of something I actually heard that says, true love is being able to teach someone how to love you. Great lovers are great teachers. And I believe the challenge is uh, we come into a friendship or a relationship and conflate our expectations with feeling loved. So we might say, why are they doing this like this? And that's simply because they just don't know. And it's our job to teach them. So um, I know that the both of you are very active on social media. Uh, so tell the people where they can find you, connect with you, work with you or whatever it is. Go ahead. Oh, okay. <laughs> you're looking up yours. Yeah. <laughs> I had to look mine up before. So my Instagram handle is Jamila, J-A-M-I-L-A underscore Al-Balushi. That's one word, which is A-L-B-A-L-U-S-H-I. It's a mouthful, so you might have to write it on your um, podcast notes <laughs> to be easier over there. Yeah. And that's on uh, Instagram, right? That is on Instagram. Yeah. I am on Instagram right now. I'm working on a blog uh, to be coming up soon. So that's something that's going to be in the future, which will also be mentioned on Instagram when it is. And guys, she takes really great photos and she says she doesn't have a professional photographer. I don't, I believe, don't. Her. <laughs> I don't believe her, but I'm just like. It's all with the iPhone. What about you, Summer? All right. You can find me at Aphrodite. See me? Mm -hmm. Which is that's A F R O D I E T Y underscore S E M E. I am also coming soon. I will be doing my uh, organic uh, beauty products, um, all about uh, taking care of your skin and looking young forever, no matter how old you are, and uh, trying to use the resources around you from nature. Um, so that's uh, that's coming soon for that. I also do some modeling, um, some inspirational things that I put it out there, um, motivating myself through motivating people. And that's uh, that's always my uh, my to go to. So, yeah. Yes. 
see that I can definitely see a little motivational speaker in you, girl. I could definitely feel the passion, Selma. So guys, as I always like to end with, if you really want to impress people, about your wins, your successes, your achievements, the things that you've gained along the, the way, yada, yada, yada. But if you really want to have an impact on someone else's life, about your failures, more specifically, the lessons that you learn from those individual experiences, that's how you really move the needle in someone else's life. So uh, until next time, uh, Selma, Jamila, and I are out. Peace and love.